I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to My Millennial Money Property. I'm Glenn James and this is... This is John Pigeon. Hey, John. How are you? I'm very well. Before we get into it, I just want to say thanks to Wellman Finance. So, Sean Wellman and the team at Wellman Finance for getting behind this podcast. They have allowed us to essentially pay the bills, get this thing edited, get it up, get it happening. So, if you are looking for a quality mortgage broker wherever you are in Australia, wellmanfinance.com.au forward slash M3, reach out to Sean. He's an educator. He will educate you, empower you to make the right decision and he's an all-round great guy. So thanks to Sean Wellman and the team Thank at you, Wellman Sean. Finance for getting behind My Millennial Money property. Hey, what are we talking about today? We're talking about landlord tips today. Right. Mm. So more so if you're an aspiring investor and you want to learn more about how to be the best landlord or if you've got maybe one, two properties and um, you might get some tips there of how to refine your management style or yeah, absolutely. La- landlord style. Combination of both. Like preparation's a key. So if you haven't got a property, it's a perfect time to listen and take stock of uh, of what it is in preparation for it. Um, but yeah, obviously if you have got a property or a portfolio, then you can um, take on board what we're talking about today and, and you might be saying, yeah, I've got all these things covered or here's one thing I can change. Right. So... How do you want to do this? Have you got like some tips for people or? Yeah, I suppose I've got tips that we can then just elaborate on and and go into more detail. So what's probably the number one thing that you say to people in relation to being a landlord? The most common thing I'd say to someone is you need a property manager. We get a lot of investors that say, oh, I've, I've got a property local. I drive past it every day. I might as well manage it myself. Mm. type scenario and, yeah. and i say well regardless of where it is around the country let someone else do it and you can get on with your life and and do what you're good at yeah yeah so get a property manager and and you're mm. not outsourcing all responsibility you're just outsourcing some of the i don't know day-to-day tasks yeah and it's just like for for probably 80 or 90 percent of the year it, it might be pretty streamlined and and not take up a lot of your time uh, but it's just another thing that you need to worry about in your life that okay the hot water system's blown up um now who do i need to contact and have to engage a tenant and and you're removed from that whole process when you've got a a uh, property manager, whereas, um, yeah, that third party I think is key. And I think uh, for me, it's it's very weird. Like, you know, I've got an investment property that's 25 minutes up the road. Yeah. Okay. So, it's a local property. Mm. Number two, I've got one of my best friends who rents it from me. Right. Three, I've got a property manager. Yeah. <laughs> and people go, well, why would you bother? Why mm. wouldn't you just get Dirty Mike? Yeah. That's my friend's name. <laughs> yeah. Um, why wouldn't you just manage it yourself? Yeah. And it's a 
multifaceted thing for me. And the reason I have a property manager is first and foremost, it's an administrative tool to collect the rent. Yeah. And at the end of the year, they give me a consolidated statement. Yeah. So if I've refinanced property in between, mm. it's just one less thing I have to track. Yeah, 100%. So the second thing as well, the council rates, the landlord insurance, I've got the address for those services straight to the property manager's address. So they even pay that for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then also, um, if there's a problem with the property, like something went wrong the other day and I just said to Mike, because I see him socially, I was like, call the the agent because, call the property manager because- as a landlord, my responsibility is basically to make sure the asset is looked after as That's a whole. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, you could easily be wrapped up emotionally because Big Mike or Dirty Mike's living there um, and all of a sudden, even if you're not best friends, you can they can soon be ringing you up saying, oh, what about this, what about that? Whereas having a, having a um, property manager, you you've got that third party that removes you from the process. And I visited them the first time since they've been there uh, just recently. Yeah. And it was probably the first time I've been in the house for two years. Like it's crazy. And I think having the property manager for me is the, the main reason as well is they are in there taking photos every three months. Yeah. So yeah, they're, they're not slobs anyway. Yeah. But it's that extra level of care and things that are looked after. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so no-brainer in my world. You need a, a property manager, um, and I'll talk about how to select one and how go, go, to go about finding the right one. But first and foremost, you need to have your headspace around, I need a property manager, and, and, and it's a non-negotiable. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what else have we got in relation to some landlords stuff? Yeah, so, and you touched on it there with your property You've got to get them to pay your bills on your behalf. You, you don't want a property manager that you're paying 7% to uh, that that then you go and pay your insurance and you pay your rates and you pay your water, right? Defeats the purpose of what they're doing in the first yeah, place. Yeah, you're paying them to do a job. Let them yeah. do their job. And people say, well, I'd just like to have control with that and negotiate different things and whatever. It's like, okay, cool. You can save $100, but um, it worst case, get them to pay everything. And if you want to manage your own insurance because you can negotiate, then knock yourself out. But Yeah, but you can still negotiate your insurance and which is fine. You should because they're not going to call on your behalf no. and just send the bill to them to pay. That's right. Yeah. 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 So do your homework from that point of view. But yeah, absolutely get them to do everything that they should be doing as a as a proper property manager. Um, on your behalf. How often should they be doing an inspection? You would think once every six months as a yeah. minimum. So, and that was my next point was make sure that they're, they're doing what they need to be doing. Um, and, and I think it's, it's before you employ them as your property manager, you're asking these questions of them, not mm. after the fact. Um, now, every state has different regulations. So in New South Wales, for example, you can get a um, an inspection done three times a year. Whereas in Victoria, you're only technically allowed to get one done every six months. Oh, really? Yeah. So that um, you, you've got to understand the, the minimums there and, and know- or, or am I wrong? Would the property market be going through mine 
every three months or six? Uh, it feels look, like it's every three months. It might, qu- it might quarterly be would be common um, okay. in New South Wales. Yeah, okay. It yeah. probably is. Yeah. But um, but in most cases, they might be minimum twice a year. Yeah. Um, yeah. As I said, depending on which state you're living in. Hey, I've got a question on that. Yeah. As a landlord, like, because I'm big about you can't outsource your own freaking responsibility. No. You can outsource tasks. Yeah. Okay. They, and I've heard other people say like, as a landlord, I do a, my own walkthrough myself every X amount of time. Yeah. Like, should I be as a landlord, and I'll use an example if I had a property in another state. Yeah. Should I be clearing my calendar at least once every two years and getting on a freaking plane and just checking your own freaking asset? Or do you just go, look, I've got a good agent, I've got a yeah. good manager who's on the ground taking good photos. You know, if it smells mm. dodgy, might be dodgy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you get the vibe, like h- yeah. how do you go about that? Personally, I'd go the latter. Look, I I don't need to go and see my properties over the course of a year or two years or three years. If you've chosen the right property manager, and this is what I keep coming back to, you shouldn't have to worry about things like that. But if, it, if it's a sleep at night factor, I'd like to go and see it and make sure it's still standing, then great. Jump on a plane and go and do yeah, that. Yeah, and I think it is because we've got very different personalities. Yeah. I think it is because I'm probably a little bit more that way inclined mm. that, yes, I've got a property manager who's switched on, engaged, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But for me, it's just like, well, it's an asset that could be worth five, six hundred thousand, three hundred, whatever the yeah. hundred thousand is. Yeah. I do have some responsibility. Yep. Um, but no, I guess you just play that. to your own personality. See, as a, I suppose in response to that, what I would say is, well, your property manager should be minimum twice a year looking through your property, taking photos, giving you feedback and communication on every room in the house. Yeah, and I get right? photos on every room. and You should get photos amazing. in every room yeah. and, and anything Stairwell. that's issued, there should be a photo of that as well. So every six months minimum you're getting that, right? Now, the second part of that also, and, and the good property managers will do this, is it only has to be on an iPhone, but just a simple walkthrough video to send to the, the owner to say, well, yeah, it's feeling as though I'm, I'm actually in this house myself because I've seen the video. Right? Yeah, I, I'm big as well of like getting your property manager to let you know what it freaking smells like as well. Yeah. <laughs> a smell test. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah the photos look good, but- there's a rotting corpse of a fish somewhere. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like- yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and I mean, someone with experience should be picking those things up. They, yeah. They'll be able to see if they've um, got a dog when they shouldn't have had one, but they've hidden everything and, and whatever. You'd be able to understand if, they've, if they're doing that as a, as a tenant. Remember but- that tenant that I had and <laughs> the plumber, I sent the plumber up to do something and he goes, oh, were they, are they supposed to have a cat? <laughs> but it was between the, the inspections and it was weird. They just moved in and said, oh, we're minding yeah. a cat for yeah. our friend. I'm like, <laughs> the old please. <laughs> one, yeah. No one minds a cat. Uh, so, yeah, in choosing the property manager, and this is probably my next point is you've got to take ownership over everything in your life, right? And employing a property manager for your home that you've spent half a million dollars on is no different to that. And, and I think a bad tenant 
is a result of a bad property manager, which is, which is a result of you choosing that property manager, right? So the butt stops with you in that respect. So the, the keys for finding that right property manager is asking enough questions to begin with, right? So you don't have to use the property manager that is linked to the real estate agent that, that sold, sold you the, the house. Property. Yeah, right? and, now, and that could be a – that's actually a really good thing if you're looking to be a rent investor and buy your mm-hmm. first investment property. Yeah. Um, you don't have to get a manager from the agent that sold the place. No, no. And, and I think today there's a lot of really good exclusive property managers that don't actually – buy or sell houses they just exclusively are property managers right and that's not a bad way to go i think there shouldn't be when we're talking employees within those property management companies maybe one person per hundred houses is about right i think if and that's a good question to ask if if uh, one property manager is looking after 300 homes then that's probably an issue there they're probably chasing their tail a bit and and they might be skimping on the quality of feedback to you You've, you've just reminded me, I've got my laptop, I've got a reply to my property manager because, and this is another thing where you can't outsource responsibility yeah. 100% mm. at a property that I was a tenant in. So in New South Wales, if there's water f- uh, saving features yep. on the property, the tenant can pay the water have to pay the water basically yep. but if it's an old property and there's no water saving stuff yeah the landlord has to pay the water bill yes now the property that i was renting we'd been there for four and a half five years and we were supposed we were paying the water mm-hmm. but it was only at the exit inspection i saw the initial report that went in yep. and the box wasn't ticked that the tenants would pay the water right so the landlord owed us hundreds of dollars right so what I'm doing with my property, um, you know, a new tenant, I've got my statement yesterday and, you know, it says income 924, expenses 303, you received $621, right? right. So, again, I can't just ignore that. I, mm. And I'm not anal about it, no. but it's just like, you've just got to run your eyes over it. It's yeah. like, okay, expenses $300. What will, you know, was there a plumber going in without me knowing? Yeah. Like. So it's just little spot checks. But that should be itemized. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So then I've clicked the thing and it says here, here's the attached bills and it's the council rates and water usage. Yeah. So I've just replied and said, hey, can you just double check mm. that the tenant is getting charged for the water? Yeah. Which is only a smaller part of that. Mm. And then she wrote back, uh, Glenn, you're a bloody idiot. Look at the statement. We did recoup the water. So yes. yeah. it's just... You've yeah. just got to be onto it, spot checks. Yeah, your responsibility to understand that you've, you're have you charging them for it and to check that they're paying you for it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. So, so, Oh, but on that point with the water, yeah. the problem, it wasn't the landlord's problem that they didn't, um, that they charge us for the water. Yeah. It wasn't my problem for paying for the water. It was the property manager's issue that they didn't pick it up. It yes. was a... A problem with them and they if you're listening and if you know who i are your business is the most incompetent yeah. set of property managers i've ever dealt with on this planet yeah right. <laughs> and shout i think out. It, and shout out you know who you are top of the hill there um but the whole thing is i think it goes back to genuinely nice people mm. good people overworked 
He yeah. or she might have 300 properties to look after. Yes, too many. And every time a property manager gets a phone call, yeah. it's a freaking problem from a tenant. Yeah. Like no one's calling a property manager saying, hey, you're fantastic. Yeah. So if you it, – it rots from the from the head down. So you're choosing and asking right, right questions of the property manager. Um, how many properties have they got in their rent roll? How often are they inspecting? Are they doing videos or can they do videos? Um, what's their process for, for late payments? They're not waiting two weeks after a late payment. Um, there's, there's plenty of other questions you can be asking, but you get a general feel so that how often is that communication happening? Um, and, and everything can look nice and glossy on the front end. It's then six months down the track where you assess it and say, oh, yeah, things are going well. Okay, cool. But don't be afraid to say, well, the, the property manager that I engaged two years ago is now not what they are today because of their, their business has grown or whatever. Don't be afraid to, to flick them and find a new company. Yeah, and I know it's, and it's, prob- it's probably an okay case study to use, you know, my situation because I was new to investing Yeah, and I got this property manager and um, I don't even know how I got them. It was word of mouth, I think. Yeah. It was actually, we had Tanya on My Millennial Money. Yes. Uh, she did an episode when we first started the podcast mm-hmm. about how to be a good tenant. Yeah. And Tanya switched on, mm, amazing good. property manager. Joined the police force. Yeah, she left the business. Yeah. Now, in my laziness, it, it, it was only the other day that I actually met the new property manager and it had yeah. been a year. Yeah. But it kind of the system was still happening, and I was getting all the reports. Yeah, yeah. I probably should have jumped in my car and sat down with them and say, "All right, just who are you?" Like, yeah. Yeah. so again, it's this apathy where if they'd, and I think it goes back to free shots from the head. Like, it was mm. a good company per yeah. se. Yeah. Um, yeah. You just can't drop the ball. No, that's right. On, on that issue. Yeah. And I could have. Yeah, if, for sure. If there was a a pigeon who jumped into that role. Correct. And, and taking ownership over that um, constantly. And, and I think a, a six-month review of your own performance to the, to the property manager is a, is a good thing to note. Um, but, yeah, overall general communication and feel is, uh, goes a long way to, to choosing the, the right property manager, um, which in turn will then choose the best appropriate tenant um, for, for your property. So the next one is uh, a little bit outside the box and I'd, I I talk to my clients about doing this um, and that's rewarding the tenant. Um, so the tenant pays a large portion of your running costs of that property. Um, I would say up to 80% of the running costs is covered by the tenant um, living in your home, right? So... It's much easier to keep an existing tenant that's paying the paying the um, rent for you than it is to go and search for a new one and start all over again, right? So my thoughts on that are how can we reward them to and encourage them to stay? Now, that might be an annual Christmas gift. Give it to the property manager to give to the, the tenant. Um, it might be, well... Do they need a security door at the front or do they need heating and cooling? Like things that are practical that's going to improve their overall value of your home but also reward the tenant for, for being in there and, and 
not not um, going and spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on on upgrading, but just simply making the um, tenant feel appreciated. Yeah, and I think we mentioned this in another podcast episode. You know, it's your house. Absolutely, you own that yep. property, but it's their home. Yes. Now, how can you, as a, if you run your business, John? Your customers, you want to give them a good experience. Mm. You want them to be loyal customers, no different than you running Qantas. Mm. You want your passengers, your customers to have a good experience to be repeat customers. Yep. So I treat my properties like a business. Yep. Now, how can I make it better for that customer? And you can't control everything. Like people mm. can move locations or need a bigger place or want to buy or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I think it is those little one percenters yeah. that, you know, I would usually drop a hundred dollar gift at the door at Christmas time, yep. you know, at the tenants. Yeah. Um, because I think, and you can't control everything, but as a tenant, if you think that the landlord actually cares about you, you accidentally mark that wall you might be more inclined to bloody clean that marker. That's right. Yeah, you're appreciated. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But how like how far do you go on that? Because my property that Dirty Mike's in, mm. it's got a little alfresco area outside of the kitchen yep. and it's got the timber rafters up there, but it hasn't got a lid. And I was up there and when I first got the property, I had got a quote to put a like a um, – lid on it like one of those sh- like yeah. tinted things or whatever and it was like 1500 bucks or something like that yeah. to get it installed because it's not a big area it's like four by five or something mm. anyway and when i was up there i'm like oh i need to do that because if i lived in this freaking house yeah that westerly sun ripping through that kitchen mm. like it's air conditioned but it would just be a nicer place right yeah now i also um there's no dishwasher in the property, which I yeah. think is the guy who I bought it off, they were just dodgy as. Yeah. Like they built it. It was just horrendous. So I said to Dirty Mike, you know, I'll pay for a dishwasher. Yeah. Or a lid out the back. Yeah. Like you guys choose. Which one do you want? Yeah, work yeah. it out. So, I mean, 1500 is a capital expense. Yeah. I think it's actually good for the property. Um, jokingly, I think, you know, I probably there is more value in putting the lid out the back than doing a dishwasher. Well, I would I would put it back on the tenant. Like I would say because not not everyone wants to live the way you live. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So we can't live in their shoes as though that's what we want sort of thing. So I would actually say to the tenant, well, if in an ideal world, what are the top three things you would want in this home? Yeah. And then you can pick and choose and, and do what you want. Obviously, it's at the discretion of what you want to do. Yeah. But – and that might coincide with a rent increase. Yeah. You might say, okay, I'm going to put the rent up $10, but I'm also going to give you a dishwasher. Yeah. Right. Now, as you said, you've got the capital expense of that dishwasher. You can claim it somewhere throughout the business um, while you've got that property, um, whether it be in that year as a improvement or yeah. when you um, – or replacement, sorry, um, or on the cost base when you sell it. Mm. But it's a, it's a give and take world. So if, if they're happy – to get a dishwasher, to pay an extra ten dollars a week, you've paid that dishwasher off in a year, and uh, and away you go. Yeah, so. yeah. And I'm I'm probably doing this type of capital works without a rent increase. Yeah, just you know, 
I because I just I knew I ha- I wanted to do the lid out the back. But yeah. again, I I text him and said like you guys choose. Yeah. Like it's the lid or the dishwasher. Yeah, sure. So and that was um, and, that, and they want to be longer term tenants. So if it's it's probably not a big job to cut out a kitchen bench and put a plum like to install a dishwasher. Yeah. So I said, hey, look, if you want to put one, you knock yourself out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that sort of leads on to my my final point is uh, rent increase, right? Yeah. I, I meet so many investors that oh, I haven't put it up for the last five years because they're a good tenant. Okay, well, that, that's great. But the property or the market value of the rent of that property in the time is $50 a week more. Why aren't you charging that? Mm. Right. Now, it's all about value for money, right? Um, and also supply and demand in the area. So you've got to do your research. And and I, that's one thing I do take involvement in with my properties is my property manager will come back and say, this is what I think we should do with the rent this year. And then I'll come back and say, oh, yeah, I, I support that because I've got that knowledge, not just rely on their um, knowledge themselves to bring to you. So it's a two-way street with that sort of thing. But Know that you, yes, you don't have to put it up every year, but just stay relative to what what the market's prepared I, to pay. I heard that it's best to put it up every year, even if it's just two dollars, just so it's a psychological mm. thing. But again, I, I don't know. Um, would you ever put it down if the market conditions had changed, or only if they jumped up and down? I've never had to to put rent down. Definitely had the occasional year where we didn't increase it, um, but I don't think you should ever have mm. to put it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, initially when you're trying to get someone in, if it's a new build, for example, you might play around with that figure based on what's in the area. But mm. uh, yeah, once you once you've got tenants paying that amount, you shouldn't have to reduce it. Yeah. So yeah, um, but all in all, I suppose in summary is. The, the key is, A, you need a property manager uh, and, B, you need to find the right one and ask enough questions to find that right one um, and then let them do their work. What, what type of fees should you be paying a property manager? Like is does it actually vary too much around Australia? A little bit. You usually pay a higher percentage in regional because the rent per week is lower. Right. So you might pay 9 or 10% in, the, in a location where rent's – Hundred and fifty dollars a week. Yeah, um, but some, I suppose, larger regional and cities, you you're probably paying anywhere between six and eight percent. Yeah, um, wow. I know Brisbane at the moment is probably about eight. Yeah, um, Melbourne's probably closer to six, but again, relative to purchase uh, value of the property. What about um, Perth? Um, oversupplied. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, yeah. The the vacancy rates are still pretty high in general, yeah. but um, yeah, I haven't checked of late what the property management fees or percentage are there. But I think once you talk to four or five property managers or, or agents, you'll be able to get a feel for what the fee is. Now, when you're choosing one, I don't think you go on the the cheapest rate because that might be cheap for a reason. Yeah, you get what you pay for. Yeah, but at, at the top end, why is someone charging half a percent more? What are they doing? that someone else isn't doing. Yeah, and don't be afraid to negotiate. For sure. I mean, yeah. I negotiated on mine. Yeah. Like they came and said, oh, we'll give you this. I went, mm, what about this? Yeah. I went, yeah, all right. Yeah. Like, because at the end of the day, there's 
they're running a business, they want customers. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, don't be afraid to put everything back on the table mm. every couple of years yeah. and just check. And and one one tool that I use as a negotiation is every year you usually charge a, a reletting fee. Right. Even if the tenant is staying on. Right. They've got to issue a new lease, contract, yeah. lease, et cetera. So what I what I usually try to put in there is if my it's usually one week of rent yeah. equivalent. So if it's four hundred dollars a week in rent, they charge you four hundred dollars a one week for that reletting fee. So what I say to them is, well, how about we waive the reletting fee if the tenant stays on? Yeah. If you've got a new tenant, knock yourself out and, and charge me four hundred dollars. Mm. But otherwise, let's waive that. Mm. So I guess we've talked about getting a property manager. Yeah. What if you want to actually manage it yourself? I mean, you've just got to be prepared to get the phone calls, to deal. It's a time yeah. commitment. And can you actually work out how much your time is worth mm. and put that back on uh, as an analysis against paying a manager? Yeah, there's, there's so many other things that you need to take in consideration when you are the property manager. Like you've got to have your own agreements in place. You've got to be checking that they're paying every Friday. Um, you've got to be doing your inspections regularly. You've got to be communicating with them. And essentially the, the tenant has your direct number, right? So they know um, maybe not where you live, but they've got direct access to you. So Every time they've got an issue, they're going to be ringing you or messaging you saying, can you do this? Can you do that? And and the good thing about having the property manager, like on my leases for the property, um, it doesn't say my name or my address. Right. They enter the agreement on behalf of me. Yeah, okay. So yeah, cool. it's actually so good that yeah. when I get more properties, yeah. it's anonymous who actually owns the property. Yeah, which is good. Especially I mean, when you're a rock star like yourself. Well, John, it's yeah. kind of a big deal over here. <laughs> so, look, I think the key things that I've taken out of this, it's like what I said at the start, you've got to still have your finger on the pulse. Mm, absolutely. You can't outsource all your responsibility. Yep. Get involved in the process, but you don't have to be doing the day-to-day yourself. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. Oh, we've got to answer a question, John. Oh, yes. What is it? So, we've got a question. It's from Cassandra. Yep. Hey, guys. I've recently become a regular fan of the show. have a question regarding buying my first property. I'm 21 and have spoken to a broker who's given me a max purchase price of around 340K uh, with most lenders being 300K. I currently have 30K in savings and I'm saving around 1K a fortnight. Uh, she lives at home, so she has limited expenses. I just want to pause there and say, say have 30K saved at age 21, killing it. Great. So good. Yep. Um, she goes on to say, unfortunately, I only earn 55K gross per year with no sight of this increasing anytime soon. My question is, do I buy something now that is in my budget or keep saving until my purchase price increases? Or her, um, yeah. I imagine she means borrowing capacity. Would I need to live in the property to get free stamp duty? So I'm not sure if I'm willing to buy outside my area um, just yet. However, she wants to get into the market. Appreciate yeah. your help, Cass. Sure. Thanks, Cass. So there's Good basically question. two questions there. Yeah. Does she jump in the market now 
at a lower purchase price yeah. or keep saving and hopefully your income goes out soon. She can borrow more and buy higher. And the second one, living in the property mm. locally to get the stamp concessions yes, or forego that and purchase elsewhere. Yeah. So the first part of that is I would stay at home as long as you can and keep saving that $1,000 a fortnight. Regardless of whether you use it for this, I mean, in a year one. she can have another twenty six grand. Yeah, unbelievable. So at that age, that's fantastic. So well done, Cass. The buy now or keep saving until purchase price increases. You really need to do your research to see what three hundred and forty thousand will give you in your area. So what would that give me in my suburb that I could live in and and claim the first time and as grant with um, stamp duty exemptions, etc. Because if if three forty gives you a one bedroom apartment that's fifty five square meters, is that the home that you want to live in, or is that a home that you want to call your investment for the next five or ten years? Right. So understanding your strategy is critical, but knowing what three forty will get you in the suburb. Now, if it gets you a three bedroom home on a four hundred five hundred square block, then I'd be saying, look, you'd have to seriously consider that. And we don't know where she lives. No. So we're just kind of making stuff up right now. The the risk that you run of not getting into the market is the market outpacing your savings. So in 12 months' time when you've saved an extra 20 grand, what if the property price is now 500 instead of 340, right? Now, the chances of that happening in 12 months um, – uh, are reasonably low, but depending on where she is, as you said, uh, that could potentially happen. So she's chasing her tail. So first and foremost, absolutely look at what 340 will get you in your area or areas. There could be multiple suburbs that you can look at that you're prepared to live in. Um, generally, as I've mentioned before, we look at the top 30 cities by population. Um, so 340 does get you into some of those markets, uh, but it's just really depends on what your strategy is for your, your long-term outcome and, and what sort of appetite you've got for living in your own home in the next five to ten years. Yeah. I For me, I'm probably more looking at yeah, getting into the market at that price and if that means foregoing the stamp duty. Because the stamp duty concession, it's probably only going to be around ten grand anyway. Roughly, yeah, depending on which state you're in. Yeah, so it's, yeah. I don't think, to get in the market, to get those costs, getting that, I guess, stuff into her life. Although that 30 grand saved, I probably would say, have you carved out 10 grand as an emergency fund? Yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a couple of things. That have you got your income insurances there. factored into your budget? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think amazing, keep killing it uh, and get information. I mean, a clarity call with John might be something that um, could actually give you, Cass, some, I don't know, just some real tangible uh, information. So if you do want a clarity call with John, you can go to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help, and then you can click get a clarity call. So those clarity calls that you do, yeah. what do you go through? So yeah, in her example, we would actually assess that area and, and dig a bit deeper into the research of that area. Where's it sitting? What's the demand? All those sort of things in that in that hour. In the pre-form that they fill out, I'd get an indication as to what their obstacles are, what their concerns are. So there's a bit of prep work there to, 
to bring to the to the conversation but ultimately we would be um be saying well, okay here's here's our options these are the pros and cons of those options and by the end of the conversation most of them are pretty comfortable that yeah this is the way we're now going to head um so yeah it just as as the word suggests glenn it gives clarity we're going to leave it there thanks for listening everybody it's been a great discussion and i hope that uh you become the best landlord that you can be that's right (laughs) all right thank you Bye. bye deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.